Welcome to Point Two Law Review. I'm John Brandt. I'm Carson Messersmith. Still? Still. Hi. Today. Fantastic. For the whole day. Whoa, this is really weird because this is number two, right? Number two. Number two. Um, we're going to go through the Court of Appeals and Nebraska Supreme Court opinions for... Oh, help me with dates. Uh, we are starting at... December something. Yeah, December something. Where are we? What's going on? We are starting on December 6th for the Court of Appeals opinions. And December 9th. For and the, then December 9th okay. for Fantastic. the Supreme Court. Well, rather than go through the disclaimer every time, I think it's important, since this is just the second episode, to explain what we're doing. We're going through the Nebraska Supreme Court opinions, Court of Appeals decisions that are happening each week. Uh, we're going to try and do it in point two to get you out of here, uh, let you know what you need to look up later, um, if there's something that pertains particularly to you. And um, yeah, that's kind of the point. In and out, let you know what the cases are. Uh, we have a disclaimer, so go to episode one to hear the disclaimer. It's not going to be repeated here. Hey, let's get started. Let's get started. All right. Um, Kitz, Kitz Miller? Kitz Miller, I right. think. I think it's Kitz Miller. And we're starting out with... Um, Again, we started out last week with a reversal. Here we're starting out with a published opinion from the Court of Appeals, which I Ooh. think is maybe interesting. Um, so we have Kitzmiller v. Kitzmiller, uh, which arises out of a complaint for uh, termination of parental rights and uh, modification of a uh, divorce decree um, in Lancaster County Court. Um, there was also a uh, motion for attorney's fees that was overruled by the county court. Um, the uh, court declined to terminate the mother's parental rights, declined also to modify the divorce decree, and overruled the motion for attorney's fees. I do think the value um, in this opinion, uh, one, factually, it's kind of interesting in that uh, the mother in this case had had uh, six children who she had either relinquished uh, parental rights on or had uh, had parental rights terminated on. And this was simply focusing on the seventh child. So there was a lot of back history that the court goes through and some factual uh, value, I think, for practitioners. But then the important pieces that I, I kind of noted here was for the termination, um, the Court of Appeals uh, noted that there were safeguards in place to keep the child uh, safe as um, was in line with its best interest or with the child's best interest. And then that termination of parental rights is a drastic last step. And anytime you hear, you know, something like drastic last step or that kind of language from the Court of Appeals of the Supreme Court, you know, that's something as practitioners, I think that, you know, we want to take note of and, and the Court of Appeals discuss that at length um, again here. For the modification piece, again, it's just a, a good discussion on best interest and uh, allowing us to have facts that, that kind of gives uh, practitioners a better idea of what uh, best interests are. And then the brief discussion on attorney's fees and when those are appropriate. I do think it's interesting because we see attorney's fees awarded more, and this is more your area of practice, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you see attorney's fees awarded more in uh, custody or in family law areas than you possibly do in, in some of the other areas of the law. So discussions about attorney's fees, I think, are always interesting and in, in where courts uh, choose to uh, grant motions for attorney's fees and when they choose to deny motions for attorney's fees. Yeah, it, it seems to be all over the place, right? I think I think it's one of those, you know, uh, 
home. What are the? You're familiar with soccer. I'm not familiar with soccer, but there's some cards that they're yeah. really, really at their discretion. Yeah, it's discre- Yeah, it's what's a foul <laughs> in basketball? Yeah, I mean, that to me seems to be like oh well, there's reasons. Uh, you know, and and reviewing that I think is probably really tough because there's probably a lot of reasons that aren't necessarily in the record or you know that can be known uh, for the attorney's fees. Uh, you know, award. Sometimes it, it's it's appropriate, and other times you're left scratching your head. So I think there's it, it's probably good to make some law there. So that's that's a good discussion. Um, and they ended up uh, affirming that. Affirm yes, okay. affirmed the decision of the county court on um, both the termination and modification and the attorney's fees. Cool. All right. Anything else? Nothing else. Um, I got uh, State v. Quinn, which was a court of appeals decision. Um, it's uh, Furnace County. A bunch of issues in Furnace County uh, regarding Mr. Quinn. And um, it was a criminal appeal. There was a motion to change venue. There were some pretrial proceedings and then some 404 evidence that uh, they were discussing. Ultimately, it was a pretty narrow opinion, which was uh, affirmed. Um, the practice pointer, I guess, that, uh, that I saw here was uh, the statement from uh, the uh, Nebraska Supreme Court, or excuse me, Nebraska Court of Appeals, citing State v. Ash 293 Neb 583. I know I said I wasn't going to do citations, and here I go doing a citation. Yeah, but it's an in, it's an in opinion citation. In opinion it's citation. an in text citation, okay. so okay. you can do that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, permitted without absolutely permitted. Gonna, no, I will gonna, not chastise you for this. You're not going to charge me any attorneys. Fees no, right? no okay. attorneys fees for me. Great, thank you. So, defense counsel does not perform in a deficient manner simply by failing to make the state's job more difficult. I thought that was an interesting uh, citation there. So anyway, that was uh, what I got from Quinn. Ultimately affirmed. Wonderful. So that's all we have on Quinn. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Then I believe the next Court of Appeals opinion that we had was English Estates um, doing business as ServPro v. Champion. Uh, this was a breach of contract case that can, and uh, quantum Merowit, which just got to throw in that because everyone oh, wants to say quantum Merowit. Good least. Latin. Oh, just a, a proper legal term. We have to uh, have those. Professor Denicola is smiling somewhere. It's just, yes. <laughs> his mustache is in peak form as it, as it <laughs> smiles upon his face. Uh, anyway, so this opinion out of uh, Buffalo County, uh, Judge Jorgensen's court um, here, this case kind of becomes convoluted and as contracts issues tend to do again, thank you, uh, Professor Denicolor and, and my uh, world professor Schutz. But um, here uh, there's a good discussion about uh, motions in limine regarding uh, expert testimony, uh, some of the um, amounts that they were trying to get in and keep out. Uh, there's uh, a lot of discussion regarding that. And then there's uh, some good discussion on uh, jury instructions and limiting instructions uh, for contract cases. So should you get into um, an issue, which I know, um, at least in uh, greater Nebraska, there has been a lot of contractor cases that have came out, uh, especially as you know, building materials and things like that have been scarce. So if you are dealing with a uh, contract case, a building case, and you're wondering about jury instructions, if you're wondering about, uh, you know, some of the information you might want to keep in or, or might want to get in or keep out, uh, this could be a valuable case for that. Good. Okay. Um, then we got uh, State v. Buffington. This was also affirmed. It's a post-conviction case. Um, the The main discussion here regard uh, was regarding a, a plea offer and whether it was offered or uh, to from the defense counsel at the trial court level, or basically whether they knew about it before they didn't 
uh, take the offer. And that was on the post-conviction case. Um, uh, that's pretty much all you have to say on it. It's just a post-conviction discussion of it. Uh, ultimately found that trial counsel was not ineffective uh, in regarding the plea negotiations and that uh, the defendant was not prejudiced by uh, appellate counsel's failure to raise that issue. So that was uh, affirmed, and uh, then they moved on. That's it, I think, for Court of Appeals. Okay, perfect. So now we move on to the Nebraska Supreme Court, correct? Yes. And those opinions are from December 9th, did we say? Yes. Okay, perfect. So starting out at uh, Buttercase v. Davis, uh, 313 Neb 1. Uh, This was a case where the um, plaintiff was suing his attorney, uh, who actually had withdrawn uh, by the time he had entered a Uh, plea in federal court. Uh, He was originally charged with um, child pornography charges uh, that the um, plaintiff, who was the defendant in the criminal matter, um, did plead guilty to obscenity charges. But again, at that point in time, the attorney that he uh, was suing um, in this civil matter had withdrawn. Um, A magistrate a uh, federal magistrate looked in and found no ethical violations and found that the attorney had not misrepresented facts um, in the uh, underlying um, malpractice claim. Um, there was summary judgment granted on behalf of the defendant in this case because uh, the plaintiff, Buttercase, had failed to produce any evidence of actual innocence in the underlying crime, uh, which is a key element. And here, Uh, There was no way to prove um, innocence because there was a conviction on the obscenity charge. He had entered a plea on the obscenity charge, and so the failure to prove that was a material element, and therefore he could not make a prima facie case, and uh, therefore the uh, summary judgment motion uh, was affirmed. Um, And again, here... Uh, I think the the value uh, in looking at something like this, and again for practitioners is and and criminal law practitioners is when are you uh, liable for uh, some sort of uh, misrepresentation, inflection of um, infliction of emotional distress, breach of fiduciary duty claim uh, in a malpractice suit, and uh, this has a long uh, discussion on it. But again, here uh, Buttercase could not prove uh, that. Um, he was innocent in the underlying uh, claim, and therefore, uh, since he couldn't meet that prima facie case, uh, the dismissal was affirmed. All right. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, rounding out the Nebraska Supreme Court advance sheets uh, for December 9th, we got uh, Phyllis Ackley, which is individually and in as personal representative of the state of Dwayne Ackley um, versus the Department of Revenue. I'm already asleep before I read the caption. This is a tax case. Yeah, that sounds, uh, sounds riveting. But <laughs> it's Thank actually, you, tax pra- practitioners. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a pretty fact-intensive discussion about where the domicile is because um, there were two homes. There was a Florida home, and there was a Nebraska home. And uh, guess what? Everybody wanted their taxes. Um, so they were having an interesting discussion about how uh, Nebraska was actually the domicile and it got really fact intense. Uh, it was, you know, where, where, you know, where they got their mail, where the other things like that, that they went into, um, let me pull this up. So they have ultimately decided that the, um, 
domicile was Nebraska and that Nebraska had to um, pay some taxes. And then that was affirmed uh, at the Nebraska Supreme Court level. So it, it started out at the Department of Revenue and then they made a decision. It got appealed to the District Court of Lancaster County. And then District Court um, was appealed to the Nebraska Supreme Court. And ultimately, uh, the state of Nebraska got their taxes. The government always wins. You know they do. And um, I don't know what else I can say about that except, um, you know, that the government always wins. And then I don't know. What else is there? I don't think there is anything Nothing else. else for this I think, week? Only, I think that's that's a conclusion of life we can leave on. All right. There's a big intro to this. I thought it was going to come more. You know what this it's is? It's a long intro. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a, that's a classic tune. I thought the, it, yeah. I wasn't sure whether you were born. Oh, no, yes. Okay, sorry. Yes, very I, much so. We're not revealing ages. No. Just no, just no ages. Physical attributes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Anyway. Um, finish it up. See you next week. Hey, let's check the time. That was almost exactly point two. Perfect. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. A little over. A little over point two. We're getting there. We'll We're take that. Yeah. There. All right. See you next week. Thank you. Oh, wait. Uh, point two law review brought to you by Anderson, Klein, Brewster, and Brandt. Offices in Kearney, Holdridge, Minden. Did I forget anything else? No, I think that's the important stuff. Okay, cool. See you next week. <laughs>